Right. We've got a lot of ground to cover. We're compressing a very fast man who gave a two-hour presentation into a, <laughs> a measly little hour. <laughs> um, anyway, so just kind of a, a rundown, if anyone hasn't listened or um, uh, hasn't made it all the way through it kind of a thing. He starts off by telling his own personal kind of journey. There is a near-death experience where uh, he visits the, the spirit world, and that is contained in, in this book of his called The Message. And he also tells of the historical novel that him and a couple other people wrote um, about their findings of, of Zion. And as he goes through that, <clears throat> they kept popping up with, oh, hey, did you know that the, the Hopi Indians have uh, similar stories to, to Enoch and a utopian future, um, a future civilization that will have peace, etc. And so they went around and, and started interviewing a lot of these tribes, etc. So we have the Hopi Indians, the Tibetans, and kind of everything in between, uh, finding uh, common threads and, and things. Uh, he goes into uh, some prophecies by Mother Shipton uh, over in England, 1400s-ish, uh, uh, goes into Daganawida, uh, coming amongst the Iroquois and setting up a, a branch of kind of law government uh, prophecies there, uh, finishes up with um, kind of the American tie-ins, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, etc., and then ends it all up in Okay, now we take all the information. What do we do with it? It's all about family. There's a message of hope. We have to go through utter chaos before we can get to the millennium of peace and the, the city of Zion. But it's really all about family. And um, much of what leads up to the, um, the third great shaking, the third great war, is the disintegration of family. And so it's so important that we uh, take a good hard look at what family is and, and how to implement these principles but anyway so kind of taking that that framework there where do you all want to spend our evening tonight because there's there's a lot to discuss i don't think we can cover everything but um what really stood out to you guys and uh what do you have notes on and, and want to share uh what do you have questions on etc i've got one <laughs> what was that i said i've got one <laughs> Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Still don't have my notes, but I do have a, a, a question. Yeah. You covered it somewhat in the last class, and I couldn't remember. My memory is just not great. So it was about something. The the moon thing that you talked about? No, okay. no, no, no. It wasn't something. I <clears throat> And I can't even give you keywords to jog my your memory um i'm not giving you much to go on am i nope <laughs> okay so well when you were talking about this stuff i was trying to retrieve what i had been thinking what i had remembered reading and it was um that the hopis were were going to go throughout the earth and I think was this after the third shaking or it was something go out the in shaking. the earth and gather their their brothers of peace back in. And <clears throat> that was the part I wanted to remember when you were saying whatever it was that you said. Um, and then I thought of um, multiple uh, returns of 
of Christ during this advance uh, of the second coming and how that fits in with, um, with what they believe because you know, we, we are going, uh, we're going to have a big shaking in America. Right. And so I, I am gaining such testimony of him coming for that part. And then the Hopis can go out and gather their brethren throughout the world. And that just very fits very much in line with visions of glory to me and all those other things. And I don't remember what you were saying that, that does this ring? Does, can you think of anything that you said in last class that would go along with that? Um, so it was kind of like on page one or on 19. Um, so the, the brothers from the West, the Bahani, um, very blades of grass would erupt early kind of a thing. There we go. There we go. That was it. I also thought that was interesting. So to me, that means season wise that the mm. grass isn't going to be up. And, you know, if we're looking at Isaiah's prophecies, his that doesn't fit in with his. So that leads me to believe that there is going to be, well, we know there's going to be multiple, um, uh, Christ is going to appear several times. So I thought, well, that's, that's super interesting. However, things are changing the climate's changing so much that we don't know right now what that will mean. You know how quickly things are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shifting. So not only is the climate changing, but people are having problems with their gardens. I don't know if you've had, um, have you had any of your plants that you've planted um, not come up? I have been hearing YouTube videos and I've been hearing from people here. I have people in my neighborhood who are coming to me and saying, hey, are you having any problems? My beans didn't come up. My peas haven't come up. I planted these plants. I, they're new seeds. I just got them and they're not germinating. Um, I have tomatoes that aren't coming up. I have all sorts of carrots not coming up it looked like they were going to come up and then i have a friend whose plants have come up and she was all excited and apparently she has roly polies all throughout her bed and as soon as they come up they've eaten them and so she's you know if the lord is trying to have a famine he is going to um strike the land right we, we've got the heat we've got drought we have floods we have too much rain or not enough rain, too much sun or not enough sun. We have seeds that aren't germinating and bugs that are eating everything. And, and what is that going to do to people who haven't prepared, who are just going, well, I'll just plant my garden. And I, and I just, I just see these as signs and, you know, and to see this, you know, the grass will erupt early, right? You know, just the seasons, the seasons already seem off. Mm -hmm. so anyway <clears throat> very interesting yep it hasn't quit raining here and it's like the middle of june and i have only three plants and i've had to protect them because we've had down just downpours of rain um i haven't even planted tomatoes and half my other things yet because i thought they'll just get ruined so 
it's just yep and a friend shared a TikTok video and it was little black things covering the road and i said i can't tell what it is because they had music and she finally said it's crickets all over the road just black yeah. and it was just black with crickets <laughs> it's gonna be a fun yeah. year i'm super excited yeah <laughs> i've got some weird little weeds in my driveway in the gravel that i have never seen before and they are they're really evil they're <laughs> they have little cockleburs. I don't know, they're teeny, but Go ahead. Like, no, they're not as evil as that, but they're pretty, they're new. I've never seen them before. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. These are kind of, hmm. Yeah, I've had a lot of people tell me that they have like very different weeds than they've ever had before. Yes, that like, would be me. Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> like they could pop your bicycle tire. They're kind of evil mm -hmm. well, they have that big of spikes on them they have spikes they can... on them yeah because you wow. go down i go i've been pulling them as fast as i find them and they'll poke me wow <laughs> like, wow like a blackberry poke you know mm, ouch people in oregon know what a blackberry poke yeah. is. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they are... <laughs> yeah they are yeah we had no, three weeks ago, and today it was a hundred degrees. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, wow! Today's high was a hundred degrees here. The yeah. low, which was last night, is thirty-eight. Oh, so yeah. we went from thirty it, since midnight this morning. We have gone from thirty-eight <clears throat> degrees to a hundred. Oh my word! Oh, that's yeah, we're crazy. expecting another freeze here in southern Idaho or whatever this week. And I'm like, okay, good thing I didn't get my stuff in the ground, I guess. <laughs> I have thermometers that track max and min for every 24-hour period for both the greenhouse, the garage, where the food storage is, and outside. And so I'm tracking those. My greenhouse has gotten up to 117 degrees the last two days. That's yeah. with all the vents open, the doors open, and the fan running. <laughs> Goodness. Oh. Get a banana plant. this year. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's Crazy. just absolutely insane. It mm -hmm. is. The weather is just, um, it's all over the place. And even those of us who knew it was coming and were prepared or we think we're prepared, are, bizarre. it is very bizarre. <laughs> and because I've been tracking it every single day, see, these are my charts, right? I, I track every single day that I'm here, the max and the min. And because I've been tracking it, I can see these patterns go, holy cow, <laughs> look at this. But we've been above 100 degrees the last four days. Not in the greenhouse, but just regular, uh, over 100 degrees. Hmm. Yeah, so speaking of like time and um, stuff like that, uh, you know, the famines and everything. Um, I found it interesting on page 17, at the very bottom prophecy there. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just coming off a of cold. But um, so one other sign that would be of interest was the fact that there would be an alignment of planets. When the planets aligned, it would be a sign that the third shaking was imminent. It would take place at any time at that point. And isn't that interesting that that's what we have, like, <laughs> starting... Um, here and i don't know how long does it last for uh, through june kind of thing but when these five planets align you know that's a, a fairly rare type of a, a alignment it happened in 2004 happens this year 
and it'll happen again in 2040. And um, anyway, I, I, clearly it wasn't uh, a sign for the 2004, and I don't think it'll last till 2040 before we have a great shaking. But if it does, you know, coincide with with these five planets aligning, that would be a interesting indication. And looking at all of the the famine, natural disasters, agriculture, and all of that kind of stuff, seems like we're seeing it. <laughs> so I don't know. What was the middle date you said? One was two thousand four. The other one was two thousand forty. What was the one? Was there one in the middle? Uh huh. Yeah, like right now. Oh, right. Like, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. happening right now. Twenty twenty two. So yeah. I think with all of these, it's been so interesting because didn't wasn't this back in like two thousand? Is that right? That he did this at least on my audible it said something about the year 2000 uh-huh yeah um so i thought it was given in 1995 but i was i i think it was 2012 that he actually gave the person i don't know i could be wrong but but yeah hey, back then that was a question i had too and then i don't know how it got answered but i wrote the question on my paper here i don't i only listened to it i don't have the book but mm -hmm. but it said that that was recorded in the year 2000 so so i thought that was so interesting because look at all of the things he's already saying back then you know this is starting to happen like rewriting history and things like that and it's like dude that was 22 years ago <laughs> think how much further along we are with all of that than they were back in 2000 i mean yeah. this is a different world you know 22 years later well and we look at look on page 15 right you i i look at this and i'm going are we sure this wasn't written this year? Prophecy, trans, <laughs> transgenderism, hello? You yeah. know, oh my word. Yeah, school, I mean, the schools become thing. an enemy to the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things I wrote down was that the schools become an enemy to the people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a teacher and I'm about ready to exit. Creepy. It just blows my mind, all of the things, right? Morality would be gone from amongst the people. Um, and even, even the space station, they were going, oh, well, maybe it's the mirror or Skylab or whatever. And I'm like, what about the International Space Station? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Everything that we're doing now. Yeah, SpaceX that's coming up and everything. Like there's, mm -hmm. we see it in even greater detail. So just on timing, um, sorry to interject. So uh, Lance Richardson, not his near-death experience, but when he actually finally passed away was 2004. And so um, in here, it talks about his near-death experience that happened, you know, just a few weeks before kind of a thing. And um, this book was, I can't, I can't find it right away, but it was late 1999 was when um, he said that, that, that had happened so yeah I, I would assume that it's uh, the year 2000 when um that all that this lecture or fireside or whatever was given kind of thing anyway sorry um I thought it was really interesting too that it talked about um, mother earth well it talked about the three shakings and that the the shakings were because of the sins in the world and that mother earth was shaking to rid herself of the wickedness of the world. And yeah. I mean, I've heard that before, but it just kind of struck me a little deeper this time, I think hearing that. 
Mm-hmm. Just especially yeah. with them saying all the things and listing everything that that's going on right now. Yeah. <clears throat> I was I when I went through it this last time after I had transcribed it, I was like just Googling each of the prophecies and like, huh, I wonder, you know, like how readily we can see stuff. One thing that that really popped out when I uh Googled cloning, you know, just to see how prevalent it was. I haven't followed anything since eighth grade biology on Dolly, the lamb or whatever. But anyway, the first website that I came across was Synogene.com. I mean, it was very top of uh, the thing and it was about cloning your pets and, you know, it's easily accessible, you know, for a couple thousand dollars. If you have a pet that's dying and you're just beside yourself, can't live without it. Oh yeah. Send us a swab and we'll get it uh, in gestation and and we'll deliver you the exact same pet you know on your doorstep <laughs> i was like holy cow if the, if that's happening in the normal market just fine you know the the blueprint of life what is happening on the back end you know for uh, satan's evil design and all that kind of stuff like anyway it's just amazing when you google some of these uh prophecies how how blatant and you know, it's just out there. It's just life that we're living now. You mean like manufactured bodies that don't have a will for uh, some of his followers that are wanting a body? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, we talk a lot about zombies. And books. <laughs> Sorry, what was that last part? Have you read or listened to any of Michael Rush's books? Oh, uh-huh. So like when he taught, I don't know if it was in Daniel or in the light and plainness, which is Nephi or the one on revelation where he talks about that, you know, and, and that struck me as, oh my, that is exactly what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty scary stuff. <laughs> um, Just another counterfeit. Yeah. He's great at it, doesn't he? um yeah what else so we have like the three great shakings where um i don't know let's kind of go back to like true life plan so on page seven um the the creator called all of his children together and said i'm gonna split you up into four groups and you're gonna turn against each other and everything but i'm gonna give you some signs some uh, specific handshakes and symbols etc so that you can know your brothers and then later on the the Masao comes a year uh, 2000 years ago and uh, tells them that there's going to be three great or two great shakings and then with a possibility of a third so in after the second great shaking there's this interlude of I'm going to need you guys to come forward and share your prophecies with the world and all that that comes with the United Nations story and and Thomas Bianca and and all of that. Uh, I found it interesting to go and watch uh, Thomas Bianca on YouTube. I've got a a playlist of different like Hopi and Thomas Bianca stuff um, that I can, I'll copy the link here in a second, but um, very interesting how he talks about that experience and what he perceives of like why that didn't come to fruition and 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 things um but anyway like why do you think that masao told them that the third great shaking was 
was optional if it was kind of the the plan all along or or do you do you think it was optional do you think that uh they just came out with their prophecies too late or like what i don't know i'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that whole scenario there and i just find it so intriguing how there's these two great shakings with the possibility of the third and especially that that prophecy of the gourd of ashes that is dropped in the second great shaking will be dropped on the person who um, threw it in the third anyway any thoughts and ideas on that so the great shakings are the wars right like the world wars yeah okay well you know we all have our choice we have we have our choices of, are we going to take the steps that are going to lead to world war three or not right and maybe there was an option that would have avoided that right maybe it would become a zion people yeah you know well i um, think we i think there's always options i mean always options heavenly father's never going to take away our agency and so there's always our option but i think he knows us so well too that he knows what we'll choose Mm -hmm. in the end so yeah so he knew what was going to happen even though if we did choose to keep the commandments then we could have avoided that but he knew that what the outcome would be already so because mm -hmm. yeah, as you read the old testament like they're wicked and they repent and then it goes good for 40 or so years and then they're wicked and they go right back to and we're doing the same thing. We're right back to idol worship. We call it what football and television and things like that now. But um, we're right there, you know. Yeah. We know better. <laughs> like on, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> got a chest full of crap. Um, so on page 14, um, so it, by minute marker 3316, it says they they sent a delegation to the, the UN because uh, that, that's what they were told to do. As soon as they see the House of Glass on Turtle Island, that they should go and try to share their prophecies. They were told to keep them secret up until then. And then the third time that they, they went, they had a vote and gave the veto vote to the United States. The United States said no. That man's name was Henry Cabot Lodge. They have a hatred for him to this day because of that fact. However, it's interesting to note that just the other day I found out about one of the great Hopi elders named Thomas Bianca. 1982, he was allowed to go back to the UN and deliver their message. And when they were refused, he wrote it down and tried to pass it on in writing, but they don't know whether it actually was ever read. And so I, I thought about that and I'm like, oh, okay. So because of the efforts of the Hopi elders to go to the UN, I, I think that that's kind of how we have any of this to today, right? Or else they would have just kind of kept the, the prophecies secret and, and everything like they were told to do. Um, but yet we might not even have or be studying this tonight if um, the, the Maasau hadn't given them that commission to go to the UN, try to share the prophecies, and then, you know, share them with the, the world at large after. <clears throat> and Thomas Bianca, such an interesting dude. You can watch him on YouTube. He's He has passed away since then, but um, very fun 
fun little hobby guy. <laughs> So if we search for him on YouTube, we'll find some interesting things. Oh, yeah. I was going to copy that playlist just a second. Um, maybe. But yeah, if you just search for him. But um, why can't I share this? I'm just going to try to copy the URL, see if that works. Um, but anyway, some various different Hopi or other indigenous uh, people's prophecies and predictions. And like going with each of those, click on them and, and view the YouTube channel they come from. There's lots of fun stuff. Um, I was listening to one right before um, we started tonight and I was like, oh, that's an interesting one that I've never heard of. <clears throat> But another thing that we didn't get to in group A that I really wanted to talk about was the thing of cycles. And this is from the Tibetans. So on page 21, um, so he's interviewing the, the Tibetan Lama, who's the translator for the Dalai Lama. And he said, he explained to me that they believe that this is very much a cycle. At the end of each cycle, a time of purification occurs. And I said, do you also believe in a time or a golden age or a time that there will be great peace? And he, he answered yes. And they started talking about that. Uh, but this idea of cycles, I think that that's one of the things that really kind of started kicking me off to waking up to things um, was in uh, Don Bradley's book, The Lost 116 Pages. If anyone's read it um, on page... Um, Forget where it's at. 210 ish. It starts talking about the Nephite cycles of 200 and 400 years. And um, <laughs> remember, mom, when we started looking at that, and we're like, holy cow, that's kind of weird. Um, this was what, 2018, 2019, when we were reading that book? I think it was 2019 because we go, well, something's going to happen in 2020. Yeah. What could it be? Is it going to be good or is it going to be bad? And we found out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so interesting. I wanted to like share the spreadsheet, but hopefully if it, let me assign someone else to be the second. Okay, I'm making Cindy the co-host just in case it breaks my internet and I have to shut down. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> Anyways, so the 200-year cycles that he presents in, in the book, um, let me make that bigger here. You can see it. Okay, so he says that there's a, a period of 200 years of righteousness and then 200 years of wickedness before it collapses. And so Lehigh lands on the American continent, that's year zero, there's 200 years of righteousness, and then exactly precisely on year 201 pride enters and decline begins and then on year 320 there's some major event that rocks the the civilization and then at year 400 there's absolute collapse and ignore 421 because that was just my own little things 
but um, he says that it, that exact cycle repeats. If you take year zero as when Christ visits the American continent, they have 200 years of complete righteousness. And precisely on year 201, pride enters and decline begins. In 320, there's a major event. And by year 400, the Nephites are destroyed. And so it, it was very interesting um, as we were kind of like taking a look at uh, some of those things. Those are the two that he presents in the book. Um, but if you look at the United States story, whoa, sorry. Um, year 1620, Pilgrim's Land, there's 200 years of, of basic righteousness. I mean, we have to, to fight for our liberties and, and lots of different things, but 200 years of righteousness, we have the first vision um, year 320 lands on in 1940, which we're right in the middle of the second great shaking. And then by 2020 is year 400. And, and keep in mind, we were studying this back in 2019. And I was like, so what's happening in 2020? If everything else is like destruction, collapse, uh, things like that. Um, anyway, and so yeah, ignore that one. But um, if you continue it out into lots of different things, the call of Abraham was in 1921. There's 200 years of righteousness. Joseph is born. Uh, that 320 year is when Joseph dies. And then um, there's there's something major that that happens with, with Ephraim and, and a collapse that um, you find about in, in uh, apocryphal non-commodity scriptures and stuff. Um, Let's see, the death of Christ, if you put that as, is this one's kind of different because it starts out bad. It's not, you know, 200 years of righteousness, but uh, 320, Constant, uh, Constantine ends the persecution and moves the capital to Constantinople. And then by year 400, Constantinople is burned to the ground. Um, there was another one. Oh, the dedication of Solomon's temple. There's 200 years of righteousness. Year uh, 201, uh, the Assyrian conquests, and uh, the year 320 of that uh, occurs when Lehi leaves. And then in 540, they're actually able to come back to um, out of Babylonian captivity. They return to Zion right on schedule. Like it, I found it just so interesting that there is a definite pattern of 200 and 400 year cycles uh, playing out throughout all of history, not just the Book of Mormon. And that the Tibetans are, are recognizing that, and they have their, their own prophecies of, of those cycles. Anyway, that's my, my nerdiness for the, the night. <laughs> that's one thing that, that really stood out to me with the Tibetans. You're going to share that with us? Yeah, if you want. If you would, please. <laughs> I'll print it out and stick it in my little book. <laughs> and like there's probably a whole bunch of others I, I never did get time to go back and uh, fill out more biblical stories and see if it, it played out in, in more ways too I keep coming back to the six principles on page 31 yeah with Zaganawida and everything mm -hmm. The six principles they wanted to always make sure they remembered. Purity of mind and body, moral stability, 
um, become one with the great creator. Aren't we supposed to be becoming one with Christ? Yeah. Right? The society um, maintaining the counsel for their self-defense. Notice that's not offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only in defense, right? <clears throat> um, fourth, you know, action is the expression of our true thought. So we can say one thing, but what we do is what we really mean, mm-hmm. right? Justice and equality must be maintained. And the strength of the system relies on the strength of the family. And what are we seeing right now? We're seeing families being attacked. Everything's going against the family. Everything. Trying to. I have a friend who's a school teacher, and she was here today, and she said that what she is seeing in the in the changes of what they want them to teach in school and this social what they call what she call it social. Mm-hmm. Some, some, some kind of social emotional education, whatever that, there's an acronym for it and I can't remember it. And she said, right now it's okay, but what they'll be teaching in two years, what's coming down the pike is not okay. And they're setting it up so that parents have no ability to opt out. You know, if you don't want your kid to learn about whatever, you've always been able to opt out, but this, they won't be able to opt out. And she said, people need to know. And I said, well, you know, get your kid in a charter school. She goes, or homeschool them. And I'm like, wow, this is a school teacher who is <laughs> seven years from retirement. And she's saying, get your kids out of the schools. Mm-hmm. What was she calling it, Nancy? I know you were struggling to remember it. And it, Tracy, it, have you heard of it? Yeah, they it, take it through the counseling uh, Right now, there's one called Second Steps, and but it's got it's an older one. I don't know what this newer one would maybe be called, but um, social emotional learning. That's, that's that's the Idaho version of it. Yeah, that's what she's talking about. The social emotional learning. Okay. Because right now what's in it is, she says, it's good. It's good information. It teaches them how to deal with, with things and cut down on bullying and stuff. And she said, what's in it right now isn't bad, but what's coming down the pike and what'll be here in two years is awful. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're trying to sneak it in with, get everybody used to it. And it, yeah, the bait and switch, get everybody used to it now, and then they'll just change the curriculum. So it's so very important, whoever you vote for your local and state school boards, because they're the ones who are going to make these decisions. That was a huge point of our debates and stuff on this last primary election or whatever. It was all about social emotional learning and the people that were pro and, and against it. It got wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. This reminds me of, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the book, but um, about communism. And it was a man that was um, during the Cold War. I think it was during the Cold War. It may have been earlier. Anyway, he was um, trying to get Bibles into different communist countries. And he was having a lot of success. And the reason he was having a lot of success is because the 
churches that were allowed to remain open, they, the communist governments weren't afraid of them because it was um, older citizens that were attending churches and all they had to do was indoctrinate the young children in school and they didn't need to worry about anybody bringing Bibles in or anything like that because they had the power um, of being able to speak directly to the young mind through the schools. Yeah. Was that in the book, God Smuggler? Yes. Yeah. That is a great, great book. If you haven't it really read it, God Smuggler is amazing. Yep. 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 I'm just typing it in so that I remember That's it later. My heart. Yeah. I have it on Audible. Audible has it. Yeah. And it's God's, it's possessive. It's apostrophe S, God's smuggler. Yeah. Um, I listened to it on Audible. It is such an incredible book. Was I, was I accurate in my description, Nancy? I think so. I think so. And, but the thing, that, the thing that just got me was how they would have the backseat of their car filled with books of with copies of the Bible and these border guards would, you know, they would pray before they would go to the border crossing. And these border guards would look in and go, okay, everything looks good. They wouldn't see them. It, it, those kinds of miracles. I mean, we still, we still think we're the only ones who have that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we are, well, it, it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to have to listen to it. I've never heard it before. Oh, it's amazing. It's worth your time. Yeah, the whole Daganawita story is very intriguing to me because um, it reminds me a lot of the Robert Edge story from, from Tennessee. Has anyone heard of that before? <laughs> We're having like a, a thunderstorm here. My dog's freaking out. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> Who's Robert Edge? Edge? <laughs> Um, Robert Edge. So this mysterious preacher comes into town and stays for a couple months and teaches them all about uh, how to live in peace and happiness and, and things and converts this whole settlement. Um, and then uh, he says, uh, other missionaries, we'll, we'll get other missionaries coming to you kind of a thing, but I need to leave now. And uh, anyway, this whole congregation is set up and as soon as the LDS missionaries come, they recognize, oh, that's exactly what this Robert Edge was teaching us. And so they all get baptized and the, the whole town uh, converts overnight kind of thing. And so there is a, I'm, there's a YouTube video. Let me find it real quick. Sorry. <laughs> that sounds familiar to me. I'm trying to figure out where I've heard that. Okay, I found it actually faster than I thought I would. <clears throat> anyway, so there's that YouTube video um, that kind of goes through the whole story. There's different articles that you can find on online as well, but I think it's probably a couple hours long too. But anyway, it's, it's kind of the Daganawita story, just a, a modern, well, more recent uh, version of it. But Daganawita comes across with... Um, Hiawatha and, and all of this, and they set up the Iroquois Confederacy and the Council of Grandmothers, and then the six principles that, that Nancy went through. 
Um, and that kind of formed the basis of what became the Albany plan and, and George Washington, like all of that. Like, anyway, it was just kind of mind blowing of that whole system that, that God is sending these translated beings to, to communities um, in, in different time periods to, to give them patterns of peace, patterns of Zion, so that they can start living them. And I, I thought that that was just so interesting. There's probably a ton more that we just don't even know about. Um, but here were two that uh, were very closely uh, related in their content. <clears throat> But I just love the whole idea of Council of Grandmothers. Like, here's a, a bicameral system. You have your delegates that are from each of the tribes, and they need unanimous um, counsel on, on any given topic. And then once it's de decided amongst them, then they turn it over to the Council of Grandmothers. And again, it has to be by unanimous consent. And they have the final say in going to war or any major things um and the the wisdom in that there's lots of other things extemporaneous that i was uh, studying this week too on iroquois and uh, all of their things where anytime somebody has uh, economic hard time or that there's a need they are first to go to their family and if their family can't help them then they go to their extended family and if their extended family can't help them then they go to the entire lodge and uh, get the assistance that they need but there's a uh, like an amazing welfare system amongst the, the Iroquois Confederacy that was established by this Naganoweda as well. Um, what Lance Richardson shares is just like a, a tip of the iceberg uh, to the whole Naganoweda story, but I found it so very interesting. Um, like why, why does the Lord uh, provide those kind of experiences for different little communities? They're kind of like little preparatory Zions that are, are getting set forth. <clears throat> because he loves his children <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah um i found the two stories on page 22 very interesting so the first one is from the guatemalan mayans and then the other one is from a cherokee man but um, talking about when um, this great white God comes and he uh, does some some miracles for him in unexpected ways. So like the disciples are following him or, or what have you. Um, but anyway, that this little girl had claw marks across her face. There was this jaguar. And um, so everybody thought that uh, the jaguar waltzing in was going to attack the, the great white god, but instead he turned, raised his arm to the peace sign of the Indians and said to the jaguar, soft-footed chief in thy jungle setting, come close to receive my father's blessing. Forgiven thou art for the pangs of thy hunger, go and claw the little children no more. And then with the fawn and the doe, he uh, brings the uh, the dead doe back to life. And the 12 turned to him and asked, like, why are you wasting your time and strength on an animal that's dead? <clears throat> and he said to them, there cannot be too many good deeds, such as the manner of compassion. A lost lamb in my father's business is as important as saving a nation. One need not choose between them. More precious in my father's eyes is a good deed than the most exquisite jewel. 
And anyway, I thought those two stories were just like such a, I don't know, breath of fresh air. I mean, there's lots of destruction and prophecies and things here. Um, but those two stories that um, come through um, when, when Christ visits the Americas and uh, he with uh, the, the 12 kind of going around doing miracles uh, like they did in uh, Palestine and uh, Israel there. Uh, I found those just very intriguing insights um, that, are, that are happening over in, in this story. Yeah, what else? What else do you guys got? There's there's a ton in here. <laughs> I feel like I've just been uh, commenting like crazy, sorry. Hard to believe. <laughs> Chris says it's hard to believe that this was given 20 years ago. It's so current for yeah. right now. Exactly. I found it very interesting. Like before this Lance Richardson presentation, I had never really dove into Native American stuff at all, let alone the four different tribes and, and skin colors and, and things like that. And it's just been so amazing to kind of study um, some of these out that they each got a set of stone tablets and that um, the, the Hopis have these, the Kikuyu tribe in Africa has them. Um, the Tibetans have them, and um, they have not seen them, but they are told that the Swiss have them high in the Alps, that all of these people um, that Christ visited um, were, were mountainous people that were kind of set apart, uh, waiting for him kind of a thing. Um, it's not in this presentation, but uh, some of the YouTube videos um, talk about that each of the four tribes will bring, they have... Uh, not jurisdiction, but like they have spiritual gifts over different elements. The red people have the earth, the yellow people have the wind, the black people are in charge of the water, and the white people are in charge of fire. And they will bring all four of those elements, the mastery of those elements together in order to build Zion with the new technologies that are formed at, at the end there. And I thought that was so interesting um, they talk a lot about the white man with fire, that everything that we have is fire. Light bulbs, they require um, an ignition, like all of our engines and automobiles and trains and everything. Everything requires a spark of some kind that we have been given the, the spiritual blessings and uh, knowledge, but it'll even be more so with, with fire. The black people with the water, red people with the earth, and yellow people with the wind. And yellow people with the wind, um, as we've talked about in our Four Ordinations book club and etc., that like <laughs> breathing and healing, um, the yellow people are prophesied that they will have uh, the breath of healing uh, that they will bring to Zion to actually heal people with the the wind and the air and the breath that that flows through the body, kind of thing. And I thought that was all very interesting as well. Uh, even there, yeah, down to and then also Go for it, yeah, sorry. Oh, I just was gonna add to that. I, I remember them, I don't have the book in front of me, but I did take some notes. And I, I remember them saying, talking about the new technology, you know, when, yeah. when the peaceful wind gather throughout the world 
and join in building the city of peace that there'll be new technology, new construction, and even new flowers and trees with new colors that we haven't even seen yet. And I just thought that was so exciting. <laughs> yeah, isn't that so cool? And the fact that <clears throat> a kind of types of that were given when he came the first time, that he gave them corn and he gave, uh, we're talking Hopis, Native American kind of people over here. Um, he gave them corn, which was, I mean, it's their life stay clear to this day. And um, he gave them cotton of many different colors. It was, you know, the conquistadors that come over and, and wipe all of that out. But um, we have lots of different things that the Lord, when he's visiting his, his children uh, around the, the world here, he's giving them many new things to prosper, to thrive, and, and to bless their lives. And he will do it again, that, that uh, when we kind of come together, that there are going to be all of those technologies, like you talked about, and, and such rich blessings. Does anyone know, I, I tried Googling this and I cannot find it. I cannot remember where I heard it, but somewhere in all of the near-death experiences and timeline charts and things, I heard once that, um, that a new electromagnetic technology will be given to us by the Japanese in, in the end times. I can't remember where it says that or anything, um, but when I was reading here, uh, like on page 19, um, a new power would be made from a magnetic field of the earth. And it was like, um, in the near-death experience, I forget which one it was, but um, he said that when when the Japanese gave it to us, um, that everybody thought, why didn't we think of that? I mean, it, it was there all along and it's a way easier way to create power. Like, how did we not think of that before? But um, the Japanese had, had worked on it. And then um, in searching for that, <laughs> the past couple of days, uh, I did find an article that in 2018, um, the Japanese have been working on electromagnetic uh, technologies for uh, a few years now. But in 2018, they built a sufficient magnetic uh, lab there in Tokyo. And they, they tried it out for the very first time and it blew up their lab because it was so effective that they it surpassed all of their their calculations by by far and so i was like huh that is so interesting i think that there's very much something to that that we will have a new type of power a new type of technology that will be um developed or discovered or shared in the end times but i really wish i could find that uh, near-death experience that shares that that tidbit Wow. <laughs> trying to remember which, it, it sounds familiar, Cameron, but I can't remember which one. Yeah. <laughs> I've studied so many things that I can't think. Uh, Scott says, have you ever read Atlas Shrugged? Back in high school, but man, it, that really deserves a second reading now. <laughs> it's on Audible. It's only 56 hours. You know, only <laughs> can't even imagine 56 hours rough in the bucket. Yeah, I listened to it on Audible. Mm. <laughs> Took me a week full of work and then some. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat>
if we have time at the end, guys, I have two audible credits that I need to spend to use up before I cancel my subscription. So I am <laughs> interested in suggestions. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Let's see. I found it very interesting how he kind of concludes things where, you know, taking all of this, like, oh man, there's a lot coming down the, the pike, um, but there's a great day of peace in store. But how do we get there? How do we implement things? And it all kind of came back to how their journey of studying all of this started. Um, they were finding uh, with the Dead Sea Scrolls is kind of what sparked the project and realizing that, hey, we have the template. And now if we just implement that template, we can um, start taking back the family and uh, prospering, becoming a Zion people. Um, anyway, I, <laughs> I told you I've been reading his, his historical novels and stuff, right? They are so good. And uh, his story here of uh, as his family goes out and starts serving people, um, yes, you know, the service is, is great, but that it, it brought their family so closely and tightly knit together. And that's where it all comes down to it. As we, that's if we, yeah, where, where Zion can really flourish and stuff. If we just kind of stand by and, and let the world happen, then we're, we're missing out on the great Zion building that can happen within the walls of our own home. And, you know, just coming off the heels of President Nelson's talks and everything, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what they're trying to uh, help us understand, that it's all about the family and it's all about uh, this, this future peace that we need to, um, to prepare for uh, to, to get there because we're going to be going through some of the craziest tribulations and, and things probably sooner than later. Uh, and yet, it's all okay. We just focus on the family, focus on God, remember our true identity, and, and it'll all work out. I can't even imagine where I would be right now had I not necessarily woken up and been like, okay, there's got to be something to all of these prophecies and Ezra's eagle and, and this and that and timelines, etc. Like, I don't know. I, I'd probably still be floating along thinking, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll pop back out of this. You know, gas will go back down here pretty soon and we'll be on our way. <laughs> no, it's only going to get worse. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm glad I got all you nerds to study with me. <laughs> if you're not prepared, you shall not fear. Mm -hmm. and, and that, I think, is the key. And is not only prepared physically, but um, spiritually if you're because we've been studying all these things right we're we're getting closer to the lord we're learning how to hear him and let him prevail in our lives and we're letting go of the things that aren't important before we're forced to we're we're humbling ourselves so that we won't have to be humbled um one of the things we heard this week was um, you know, the Lord can show us what's coming, but we still do have to live through it, mm -hmm. right? So we, we know it's coming, we see it, but, you know, 
we just know, okay, it's going to be hard, but we can get we through, won't it. Fear through it. We won't fear through it. We'll live through it. We may <laughs> even thrive through it if we are prepared the way the Lord has told us to prepare. Yeah. I love that. <clears throat> Anything else from... Has anybody uh -huh. read the... Um, read... Oh. I, I think I have a delay on mine. Do I have a delay? It seems or is like it everyone, because me it's or you. everyone. It's you. Just me. Yeah. The wind's blowing really hard here, so maybe that's why. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm reading right now um, Gerald Lund's book, uh, The Second Coming of the Lord. His new one that just came out. Has anybody read that? It is phenomenal. I've really, really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Just the things that he has said in there and just learning about it. So if you haven't read that, it's a really good one. Yeah, I'm going to have to bump that one up on my list. I haven't uh, had time to read it yet. I'm going to start in on it. For those looking for an Audible book, Journey to the Veil Part 2 is on Audible. Yeah, she's already got that one. <laughs> I just finished. I just finished that one and ah, yeah especially um appendix two where it's his family reunion the unblocked family reunion thing spencer no okay spencer there but um but is john talking and it's so so good some some of the things i have not um I mean, I've heard him before, but I hadn't heard him before. And so, yeah, really good. And I'm honing in on, I think, chapter seven. I really love two, six and seven. I have only been able to begin to listen to it because I'm trying to catch up to all my come follow me. And, you know, I've, I've sped up my gospel library audio thing and I'm just crunching through and I keep forgetting where I leave off so I end up listening to chapters again I'm like I just heard these yesterday <laughs> <laughs> so, I like it better well I like it a lot better than the the first one I think it was I think the Lord just had perfect timing and brought those things um, into that book that needed to be here for for us right now so so on audible if you've already got all of Avraham's books and you already have all of john's books things like that um there's a book called the the hidden messages in water oh that's a good one Is that the asian guy yeah i don't i've not read it or i've just heard about it it's very good. He doesn't, you know, say anything from any kind of religious point of view, but take what he gives and then put it in the paradigm of what we know to be true. And wow, you know, there's, there's some really cool things in that. Um, yeah. There is... There is a book, if you're more interested, if you're interested in what life might be like after during some of the tribulations right there's a book called one second after 
It's about what happens after an EMP hits the United States and, and how things- To the Chris Stewart books, it, is that the same sort of thing? I don't know. This is William Forschen. Um, he's not a member. This is not told from a member of the church's perspective. This is definitely from a secular perspective, mm -hmm. but you can look at it. I, I read it and I'm like, this is what the world's going to be going through. Zion will have something better. And it's really interesting because in the end of this, you know, he's talked about what's mm. happening as they find out news across, you know, that, mm -hmm. you know, there's this, um, there's this group in the inner mountain West that claims that Christ has returned <laughs> <laughs> and all these people are flocking to him and, you know, and, 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 and that the armies are going to go there and they're going to confront them and, and, you know, wipe out this group and you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, if you've ever wondered why would somebody come and um, why would they come and fight against Zion, right? This, this kind of tells the mindset of things and lets you see this is what the world is going to be going through if we have a situation like that. And, and all of the natural man reactions, it's a very good um, book. Don't listen to it, I guess, if you get scared real easy, but- <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean li listen to it from the standpoint of this is what the world's going to be going through and if we follow the lord this is what he will protect us from you know we might have to go through part of it but you know then it, then you're not going to be surprised kind of thing i guess but there just just so many things people don't think about that um I, I found it an, a very interesting read. Has anybody else heard it or read it? I've done part of it. I haven't finished it, but yeah, it's like Nancy said, it's pretty intense. So there's some language, just FYI, like she said, it's from a secular point of view, but I'm sure it's pretty close to, in fact, Nancy, wasn't the author like somebody, like he knows about EMPs or then he's he in a good position to write it. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a college professor, I think. And so he said it, you know, with the main characters, a college professor in a small town, kind mm -hmm. of based along, you know, the kind of stuff of what he, what he does. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it is, it's fairly true to form of what you'll find in small towns and medium towns. You know, he doesn't make it into big cities. They're, you know, you just hear they're, they're toast. <laughs> And Leslie, you're talking about the Great and the Terrible series. Is that right? Yeah. Is that what, yeah. That was, that's gritty for me. <laughs> well, the, the one that Nancy said is more so. Just, more just, so? What is the Great and the Terrible series? Oh, it's amazing. It's Chris Stewart, the same one guy that wrote The Seven Miracles That Saved America and things like that. Um, it's uh, six books. And my fate, all of them are great, but the first one uh, takes place solely in the pre-existence. It's pretty and cool. And Chris is just trying to, you know, based on what we do know, you know, how, what might that look like and how might we progress yeah. and how in the world did Satan take a third with right. the people living there with the savior? So it's amazing. In fact, I'm rereading it right now with my 
daughter. And so I'm just starting on book two right now, but is I highly recommend those. Is it just a book or is it audible as well? It's audible it's, as well. And it's on Deseret Bookshelf. At least yeah. what? where I heard yeah. them all. It's on Deseret Bookshelf. Oh, then oh. I won't spend an audible credit on it. No, yeah. I have. I, I have more audible credits than I know what to do with. Um, <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, I have. I don't know how many I have. Where does it tell me? Um, well, I'll get that one and just listen in the day. <laughs> or sleep. Yeah, or get the Anne Rand series. Well, you'll be busy for a couple months. Wait, wait, what series is that? Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged, Fountainhead, you know, any of those? <laughs> no, I don't know any of those. Oh, just just get out Atlas Shrugged. Or you could get uh, uh, 1984 by George Orwell and Animal Farm. Did, uh, I did that back in the... <laughs> We're going to send Leslie into a tailspin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember that one. Really. Yeah. So... <laughs> wait... Al, are you giving a, a suggestion? I didn't go into the chat. Yeah, it's one that I checked out from the library that I haven't read, but it looks so good. Um, it's called The Gift of Acceptance, Embracing People and Things as They Are. Okay. Thank you. And we have a, you know, sometimes we get really judgmental about people or critical about people mm -hmm. and that aren't like us or that are different and it's just learning to accept people and it's a small it's not a very big book it's only oh how many pages is it that'd be cheaper if i just bought it on 200 instead. it's about 230 pages oh the okay gifts, the gifts of acceptance is five hours and 52 minutes on audible and yeah i have that one in my thing as well as well as the four agreements which is a yeah, short that's a good one. That's a good one. 19 minutes. That's a really good one. A friend turned me onto that book. It's okay. really good. And if you want something more self-helpy, The Four Tendencies. Oh, I've never heard of that one. The Four Tendencies. It's all about um, if you've ever wondered why you can set a goal and you can never seem to reach it or, you know, something there's, there's four tendencies that she says that there's um, some people are just rebels and they'll rebel even against themselves. And, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, the, the four tendencies is one you, you can, there's actually a website for that. You can check it out and take a little quiz and it'll tell you what you are. Um, and that's for free. And then if you want to see more information on that, you can um, get the book or whatever. Um, but yeah, there, there's I'm, lots. <laughs> I'm probably not going to go on the self-help. I've done that probably the majority of my adult life. And I have found <laughs> more success in just honing in what the Holy Ghost wants me to do next. And I've had more healing doing it that way. There's no offense to any of the all the people that wrote those great books, but I'm. No worries. No, I have 521 books in my Audible library. So um, I, I have a lot. I've been doing Audible for um, many, 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 many years, 16 years, I think. That's awesome. Well, I'm trying to pare down my budget. And so that's just going to have to 
take a break for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand it's one of the few things I've kept. Yeah. Leslie, well, I don't know if you do ebooks. Do you do ebooks at all? Yeah. Yeah, there's a website called Z Library. I think it's zlibrary.org. And they have over, I think it's now 7 million books. Wow. There's church ones there. There's all kinds of books there. Thank yeah. you so much. So, and they're free. You just have to download them. There's different formats. And that's where I find, I probably have 300 in my eBooks now. That's so great. That's so yeah, great. it doesn't cost anything. You get five a day for free if you sign up, which doesn't cost any money. It's just you give them your email, you can get 10 free a day. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm focused on listening because I've got more time to listen than I do to read. So, yeah, that's that's good to have in my back pocket. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, guys. I wish the Audible was free. I thought I'd do that, too. I'd rather listen yeah. than read, but you got to pay money for it. So Yeah, I, I do a lot on Deseret Bookshelf or whatever. It, mm-hmm. You know, six ninety nine. but um, <laughs> there's so many things and I go back and reread and listen. Um, if you do you have that, the bookshelf subscription? Um, e. Douglas Clark's book um, on Echoes of Eden. Uh, that's one that I don't know. I can never listen to enough times. That one's a really great one. Yeah. Is that just on the book? That's just on the bookshelf, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was like looking through Audible. I need to go through my bookshelf and recommend stuff because there's some awesome ones on there. Spiritual hey. physics of light, obviously, considering the cross. Um, that by. Considering the Cross by John Hilton III. Okay. Group was that in? It was either A or B a few weeks back or whatever when we were talking about uh, wearing crosses and everything. Anyway, he goes through like history and why. And anyway, it, it's like a foundational book. It needs to be a required reading. I, I love Is it. Is it audio too? Yeah. All of these that I'm recommending are audio. Thank you. Um, any of the Givens books, you know, God Who Weeps, Christ oh Who Heals, All Things New. She makes me sleepy is my problem i know I, <laughs> eat, those are hard ones to listen to but um any of the pinnagers is as in ed pinnager yeah ed okay. and patricia any okay. of the books like faith is blind god the father um you know the standbys with pilgrim hypothesis washington lincoln wait I, those I, are all, those are all the pinnagers no those are timothy ballard sorry Oh, I haven't listened to anything of his. Okay. The oh, yeah, those are great. Those are necessary. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I love those so much. And just it's Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard, Tim Ballard is who you're talking about. Yeah. Like, oh, you are Tim Ballard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, anything by Anthony Sweat, like Seekers Wanted. It, yeah. Uh, good study on that one. Well, Maybe oh. I have. I don't remember. I could have. Okay. <laughs> Violent Souls Weeping. Holy cow. That one like changed a whole bunch of stuff for me. Is is that a Gibbons one? Um, no, that one is Jane Clayton or Clayson, whatever her name is. It, it it has a banner through her name. I can't read it. Oh, she's the one that was on, was she? Yeah, like a news person or yeah. TV personality. Okay. 
but yeah, Silent Souls weeping on depression and, and like five different subcategories there and things. Anyway, I love that book. Um, sorry, just a second. The Enoch Letters, if you've never listened to that from Neil Maxwell, that's a really great one. It's been so long. I need a refresher. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't listened to the screw tape letters, get that on Audible. I yeah. haven't listened to it. I read it, but I'm gonna okay. Is that worth is that worth it of one well, of my two? The screw tape letters, the last time I looked, it was like a free download for Audible. And that's how okay. I got it. So like check and, and make sure that you don't I have to those, them. I think those go away once you aren't once you're not active anymore, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any of Ted Callister's, you know, the blueprint of Christ church, infinite atonement. I listen to those like all the time. I haven't listened to the blueprint. Is that newer? Yeah, it's, it's newer than infinite atonement. Yeah. Okay. Echoes of Eden. Yeah. It's my most played. (laughs) Falling to heaven is really good. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah. I forgot that I had it in hard in hardback and I went and I found it at DI and I bought it. Now I have two copies. Is, is that the one that is um, with the Arbinger Institute, that author? No, that's um, Falling to Heaven is James Farrell. Yeah, he he isn't he. I think he is associated with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty much my list. The ones that I, <laughs> I go through all the time. Yay! Thank you, and guys. Ordinations, you know, that it <laughs> takes a good five <laughs> times through at least. Well, you know, and then you have like all the like the priesthood power of women and oh yes, I didn't even get wait, to wait. That. Who's that by Barbara Morgan Gardner? That one's oh. a must. Okay, probably and top then, of the list. And then there is Wendy Ulrich's "Live Up to Our Privileges." Yeah, um, Sherry Dew has redone her "Women in the has. Priesthood." Yeah, she's got a a, a revised version. Hmm, I'm gonna have to do that one. Is that um, and these all audiobooks? These are all in the bookshelf app. The do Desert you, Bookshelf. Don't they're audiobooks though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all audiobooks. Okay. I've listened to them all. Women in the Priesthood by Sherry Dew, and it's an up there's an updated version. And then of course there's Eve and the Choice Made in the Garden. Or the Eve and the Choice Made in Eden by Beverly Campbell. I I yeah. didn't I did not love that one. And I can't remember why, but I, I don't know. Maybe somebody can give me some course correction on that. Um, if you see. have like any of the Grant Von Harrison ones, I don't know if there's any audibles out there or anything like that, but. I have those in book form, but I haven't looked. Oh, wait a minute. I think I did listen to. Um, um, Stacy Evans I, from our other book club or whatever recorded. Yeah. The, that's the one I listened to. That's why with an eye of faith or whatever. Yeah. So that's, very good. She did a good job. Okay. You guys all do a good job on those. I 
I would either laugh or mispronounce things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do that quite a bit. <laughs> Which one did she record? Scene with an eye of faith. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I uh -huh. bought it because of you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Those two are amazing. Holy cow. Scene with an eye of faith. Taking that one and the spiritual physics of light and the ham radio manual, those three all put together, they're, they're some powerful teachings. <laughs> I accidentally read them all together and I was like, holy cow, this all needs to just be one book. <laughs> you need to write your own. Put them yeah. all together. Sometime, maybe like the next life, <laughs> sometime over there, <laughs> I'll start writing my books. <laughs> I don't have enough hours in the day, Cameron. I don't. I just don't. I know it's to so listen hard. to everything I want to listen to. I, I don't because I only do one. Come follow me YouTube thing, but mm -hmm. it's unshaken, and they've been five and six hours. So, <laughs> but worth Hard every weapon. second. Worth every second. Sam, see, did you hear his fireside that he gave with his wife in Montana? Yes. Was not so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, and I missed it. Who, who are you guys talking about? Um, Jared Halverson, Unshaken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant to. I haven't yet. That's the, he's the only, he's the only um, come follow me thing that I do anymore. Um, but he actually covers every chapter, something with every uh, chapter, even if it's not one that's in the manual. And the details and the, the richness of the background and the information, I'm finding that other things that I'm reading or learning seem to like point to this and to this, and they're all just clicking together for me. So mm -hmm. um, I still like Mike and Bryce though. I, they, I find them very helpful too. Yeah. My daughter is taking a religion class from Jared Halverson at BYU this fall. I'm really excited. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be a fun one. I wish I could go be with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just streak it in. <laughs> well, thanks you guys. That was super helpful. Yeah. Um, ask a question. <laughs> All right. I was my I was counseling with my, this is a this. Okay, I was counseling with my bishop one time. Um, he knows my husband really well. So my husband's passed away five five years ago, and um. And we have a, a couple of kids that are, are struggling. And um, anyway, I told him about the promise that the Lord gave me that we will be an eternal family and every single person, not just in my immediate family, but beyond that will, um, will be there. Um, as an eternal family and then he I stopped speaking and he looks at me and he said 
yes, you will be an eternal family, but you're, you are not always going to be there. He said, you are going to leave for a time and do angelic ministrations and, and then return. And I have not heard that before. And I'm wondering what other people's thoughts are on that. So like in, in what context, like what time frame is he referring to there? He did not say for a time. And so it didn't sound like I'm going to be gone just one day. Mm -hmm. But that this was, wasn't like in the eternities or is this like yeah. here in this mortal probation? Eternities after, after it's all, I, I don't, he didn't, when we're thinking of being an eternal family and, and everything has been a signed out for lack of a better description that will be an eternal family but that we always we won't always be he said we won't always be together mm -hmm. and that i will be leaving so, like, so we're not all going to be living under the same house you know getting in everybody's way we're all going to have stuff to do but it, i won't be with my husband that was that was the mm -hmm interesting thing so what is it that we're doing that we're i don't know that's interesting that would be i think that would be a question to ask the lord say help me to understand better this counsel that i've been given mm -hmm. my book club wasn't any help so you're all i got <laughs> I have been asking, but I think part of me has not wanted to know. <laughs> so, That's great. So you know that one document that um Joshua Mariano shared with us, the patriarchal mm -hmm. saints of the early saints or whatever. There's quite a few in there that I mean they didn't mention it necessarily in that kind of a context or that time frame, but uh, there's there's quite a few that talk about um uh familial missions uh post-mortal familial missions kind of thing really? yeah okay. so i would go like study some of those and see if any of them kind of resonate or i don't okay. know maybe lead you down some rabbit holes there okay <laughs> <laughs> hey. well i was very surprised it was coming from my bishop but it was clearly i mean he has said some mind-blowing things like oh you are you're on a level um not many bishops are so mm -hmm. thank you sounds like you've got a good bishop well i moved <laughs> <laughs> i did I, i've got a good one but yeah not the same so anyway yeah um so yeah anyway for next week we're going to be studying you know it's father's day so um you know optional i'm not going to be mad if nobody's here <laughs> but um uh we're going to combine both group a and b and have it at 8 p.m and we are going to uh, go through the two parables from anthony sweat's book um let me find them uh from from his two little kind of pamphlet books the holy covenants and the holy invitation uh in each one of them there's a little parable and we're just going to kind of study those as they relate to the endowment 
if you don't have the books or you don't have Deseret Bookshelf, I did create a PDF with those and their footnotes. Um, they're in that email that I sent out on last week sometime. Um, but yeah, we're just going to be discussing that next week. Uh, so we're going to have the one class on Sunday and one class on Wednesday. Um, if you can make it to those, if not, you can just watch them afterward. Um, I don't necessarily know what my plans are going to be for Father's Day. I never know till the day of, but um, we'll just kind of play that one by ear and, and do it at eight o'clock. Um, yeah, any other questions, comments moving forward, lectures on faith or otherwise? If not, we'll say goodbye for the night but it's been super fun holy cow i, I love lance richardson's little <laughs> a little presentation that's just chock full of so many things it's just mind-blowing is what it is i think that we're just all stunned mm -hmm. yeah there's so much and if you'll check out that uh playlist that i created on the different thomas bianca and uh things uh, there's lots of different little hopey uh videos out there you can send me stuff as you find it because there's a ton of awesome little things snippets here and there and that was the the first youtube thing you shared yeah at 8 30. okay yeah see if you can open it up uh, i I, I can i just need to save it there we go gotcha okay because you know once we close down this um this zoom chat we can't access the chat things anymore mm -hmm. so and i i just went on that uh zlibrary.org and i signed up while you guys were chatting there mm -hmm. and they do have they have one second after on there and they also have god smuggler on there oh interesting so yeah, yeah. awesome <laughs> more books to download <laughs> <laughs> I find it. I find a couple every day. I have a tablet. That's that's all it's got. It's got the gospel library and all my ebooks, and that's stuff the tablet's for. Nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I have way too much to read. <laughs> yep, never get it done. Me too. Got to go to Zion sometime. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, we'll see you nope. next week. Yeah, we'll see everyone. Have a great week. Thanks. Uh -huh.